done all right. Go ahead and go to Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. Ephesians chapter 2. And tonight I'm going to be preaching, I believe, on a very appropriate subject for the day and age we're living in. It might seem kind of strange, and I, I hope I hope this doesn't come across come out wrong. I, I hope y'all get this in the right spirit. But I actually am being serious. It might seem like I'm I'm joking a little bit tonight, but I'm really not going to be joking in what I'm talking about. I believe uh, we are experiencing something right now in our country that I don't know how else to explain it except the way I'm going to explain it tonight. And this might sound strange, and I, and I, I take my preaching very serious. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not trying to be outrageous or extreme, but I don't know how else to explain it other than this. But tonight, I want to preach on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. And I know that you know, you're, you know, you're, this is church, all right. You know, we can't act this way. I'm going to tell you, you know, when we look at some of the scriptures in the Bible, when as we look at what's going on in this world, I don't know how else to explain it. I can't think of a better way to explain what's going on today than. A zombie apocalypse tonight. All right, tonight we're planning on going and watching fireworks, and I love watching fireworks. But there's one thing I hate about watching fireworks, and that is we are literally are surrounded by. I'm trying to think of nice words, you know, but riffraff. Uh, you know, it's it's always horrible to walk to your place. I mean, people. On 4th of July, it's nighttime. You know, you do this at night in the dark, and the monsters all come out at night. And, and they, the monsters love the dark. And they're out there. And our family, too, when we go out there, I mean, it's like walking through a city of zombies. And, you, and everybody looks at us, too. They notice there's something different about us. We get stared at like you wouldn't believe. It's not just this area. When we lived in Utica, we used to do the same thing. We'd go walking by, and people would just get real quiet. As we come walking by, and usually whenever we've gone to watch fireworks, it's after church. A lot of times the fireworks are on Sunday, and I, a lot of times we don't bother changing. And aren't you embarrassed to walk around a bunch of zombies, you know, dressed up in church clothes? They should be embarrassed. You should see the way these things are, people are dressed. And I mean, we've seen things too that you know I don't, I can't even tell you that we've seen in church going to and from the fireworks. And so, I'm telling you, what I'm preaching tonight, too, if you go to fireworks tonight anywhere, you will see the reality of what I'm talking about. And you do. You go watch, you go watch fireworks tonight, and after, you know, you've heard me preach this message, and after you go watch fireworks and you see what it is I'm talking about, see if you can come up with a better way to explain what's going on than an all out zombie apocalypse. Okay, obviously it's not like on the movies, you know, people's body parts aren't falling off. Uh, you know, and things like that. And they're not nobody's nobody's eating brains, but I'm going to tell you right now, something is eating out the brains of people in America today. Something crazy is going on in America. Now, I'm not being funny, folks, but when you live in a country that the Supreme Court says states can't do what they want to do, they can't tell men they can't marry men and women they can't marry women and there's not an uprising there's not a revolt something is going on in that country when you look at the declaration of independence and the things that caused the uprising that caused them to rebel against king george and then you see how so much worse is going on today and people are just <laughs> indifferent to it something's going on something weird is happening and i and it's it's like a virus. And it's spreading. And what scares me more than anything, because I know why lost people do it. We're going to see Scriptures. I know why lost people do things the way they do. But what about in churches? Okay, And that's the thing too. This virus, it's spreading into the churches. People in churches are completely indifferent to these things. People don't even want to hear preaching against perversion. And they are accepting it. And I'm telling you, that something's... Very, very wrong. It ought to scare us a little bit. In Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at some Scriptures. It says, and you hath He quickened. Okay, Whenever you get saved, Jesus Christ quickens us, which means to make alive. 
Okay, those of us who are saved, we've been made alive. We are living people spiritually. The world, they are spiritually dead. Okay, they are lost. It is we should not be surprised when we see lost people parading around the way they do, like lost souls. They literally are lost souls. But yet, the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. In the past, when you were dead, you were walking. Walking dead? That's what lost people are. And I tell you, there's, I, I, I know this, I'm sounding really carnal tonight, but I'm not. I'm dead serious about this. And the very definition of a zombie, if you look up zombie in the dictionary, it is the body of a dead person given the semblance of life, but mute and willless by a supernatural force, usually for some evil purpose. And that's what I'm seeing today is people have no will of their own. No will of their own. They're just going along with the world, walking according to the course of of this world. When you look at the way people dress today, I was talking to my wife about it. I was looking at this fellow that I know, the way he dresses. And I told her, I said, it's like the man is just a slave to the fashions and trends of this world. They tell you this is how you dress, this is how he's going to dress. I mean, you know, you guys hear me harp on skinny jeans all the time. There's no practical reason to wear skinny jeans. It looks terrible. It can't be comfortable. I mean, no practical reason for it, but somebody says it's hip, somebody says it's cool, and they do it. I mean, guys looking like females, it is not natural. Okay? It, it makes no sense, but the world says it's okay. The world says this is what you should do, and people do it. But one, this new hairdo that's going out there, there's this hairdo. We were just talking about it the other day. And right after we were talking about it, we see a lady walking down the street with this hairdo where women are shaving the sides of their head and leaving it on top and the rest of it's all long. Hideous. Hideous. Makes no sense at all. But you know what? If the right celebrity does it, women all over will do it. Same thing with men. The things that people will do, why? Because the world says this is what you should do. And with no will of their own, they go on just mindless, mute. They don't say anything. There's no argument for it. Why don't people rebel against the type of stuff that's going on in this world? What is it that's made them do that? Listen, people are naturally rebellious. Little kids are naturally rebellious. They naturally, you know, they have a will. They fight their parents, but all of a sudden they're getting older and it's just completely going away. And I'm not saying we need to encourage, you know, being a rebel is a good thing. No, as a parent, you've got to learn how to get them to submit to your will. You've got to get them to be disciplined. But the thing is, that's not what they're using today. They're using medications and literally just taking all the fight out of people. And I don't, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not a scientist, chemist, a doctor, but I'm wondering, you know, if. What we're seeing today is a result of all the medication they're putting people on. Is it a result of the vaccinations? Is it a result of the fluoride in the water? Is it what they're putting in our food? I have no idea. Is it something they're spraying? I don't know, but something crazy is going on with people today where they have no will of their own. And once again, for lost people, you can kind of see walking according to the course of this world. You know, and like the zombie. It's like a supernatural force, usually for some evil purpose. Okay, What we're seeing people do who have no will of their own, they're not doing anything for good. It's all evil that's going on. And you would think with people having no will of their own, it would be easier for us as Christians, as you know, people who go soul winning, you would think it would be easier for us to get them into church and get them to do what we want, but it's harder than ever. Why? Because... Whatever it is that's been done to these people, it's only for the bad. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think we need to take that. It's like, you know, I need to 
whatever all the world's taking, I need to give this to all the people in my church to listen to everything I say. No. Whatever this is, it's only working for the bad. It's not working for the good. I've seen no good come up of it. Verse 3, it says, "...among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places." In Christ Jesus. It's clear that as believers today, that we are saved. We have been made alive by Christ. We should not be doing things the way the world does. We should not be drawn towards dressing like the world. And, you know, I don't get this too. You know, a lot of young people, especially. And when I was a teenager, I'm serious, I was not like this. I don't get it. But young people, especially, you know, if they know they're going to be somewhere around a lot of worldly people, I mean, they're going to change their clothes as fast as they can, you know, because they don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. It's like they want to find a way to blend in, but I don't want to blend in with what's out there. What I am expecting to see tonight, I, I don't, I do not want to blend in with that. I am not drawn to that. I don't get it. I'm living. Okay, there's something in me, and I know it is. It's the Holy Spirit that has brought me to life. And I don't want to have anything to do with that. And we're going to see too as we talk about some of these things, I think the problem we're seeing in churches today is they are full of people that have never been born again. People that have grown up in church and they know the routine, they know the trivia, they know the rules, but they have never been truly born again. And that is why they are so drawn to death. That's why they are so influenced by the world. But... We're living today. We've got the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. We're not going to want to do that. But you know, the truth is, we're all born dead in our trespasses and sin. And but America, I think one of the things that's different today. America used to be full of light. America used to have a lot more Christians. There used to be churches all over the country that preached the truth. They were full of Christians that were not afraid to let their light shine. But today in America. We have more churches than we've ever had before, but they're not churches. They're community fun centers. Places where people go and they have fun. They mention Jesus, make people feel good, but they are full of lost people. They are full of walking dead. Dead in their trespasses and sins. Not born again. And that's why we're seeing these changes. In church, it has changed a lot in the last several years. And I believe it's because it's full of zombies. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk about some things too that I think just kind of show what's turning people into zombies physically, and you know, the proof that churches are full of lost people. But you know, the dead, they will not respond to spiritual things. Lost people, the Bible says they cannot understand the spiritual. There are some things they are only spiritually discerned. And the world, they cannot know them. They cannot understand them. And I believe that the, you know, the reason churches are changing, they're using all the things of the flesh. What we saw there in Ephesians chapter 2, you know, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the air, you know, among whom we also had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Okay? A lost person will do that. They will fulfill that desire of the flesh. They will do whatever they can to fulfill that desire of the flesh. Just like a zombie will do whatever they have to do to eat brains or whatever they, you know, they're supposed to, they're supposed to do. But the lost people, whatever they can do to fulfill their flesh, and they will not respond to the preaching of the Word of God. Okay, they're not gonna, they're not gonna respond to anything unless they're willing to have faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They've got to get that first before they get anything else we talk about. They have to have that. They're not going to respond to the music that's in our church. They're not going to respond to psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. They will respond to rock music that appeals to the flesh. They will respond to the flashing lights and to the entertainment and to the dancing and to the, you know, the graphics on the screens. They will respond to all those things that appeal to the flesh. They will respond to things like food. 
if we have a big enough promotion, if we do enough giveaways, we will get the spiritually dead to respond to those things. They go after the things of the flesh. You know, if we're giving out gift cards. I mean, you ought to see it at these youth conferences that we go to sometimes. And I'm not saying this is all bad, but it's like, you know, teenagers today, you know, you can hardly get a grunt out of most of them. And, you know, they'll go to these youth conferences and preaching, they're just all, you know, they're falling asleep. And then after that, you know, they have to have preaching at youth conferences, alright? I mean, we all know that the youth directors and the pastors aren't going to take them if there's not preaching. Okay, but we want them to have fun. We want them to come back. So as soon as the preaching's done, then all of a sudden they get the flashing lights, they have the videos, they have the giveaways, and then all of a sudden they perk up. They wake up all of a sudden. It's like, hey, we got a $10 gift card for iTunes. <laughs> you know, and then they, they all start going crazy, you know. And then they'll come out there and they'll have these big guns where they fire the t-shirts like they have at the ball games and stuff. And, ah, t-shirt, t-shirt, you know, they all go, they all go crazy. They're clamoring for these things. They'll throw out candy and the kids will go diving all over the place. Like a bunch of animals. And I'm not saying that's all bad. It's funny to watch it, and it, but at the same time, let's just admit it, there's no spiritual value to that at all. And it is all about the flesh. And they will. You, it, and the thing is, kids are so programmed today, they will get more excited over a $10 iTunes gift card, a $10 Google Play, Starbucks. They will get more excited about that than a $10 bill. They literally will. You should see them. Why? Because how many has ever seen a commercial, you know, advertising ten dollar bills? Okay, you know, they don't see those things. You know, you, you don't have that. But you do advertising iTunes and all these other things, and so that's what they want. That's what they're thinking about. They're they're programmed. If you, I mean, if you gave them here's a twenty dollar gift card to someplace manly, like Menards or Gander Mountain or you know. Who cares? But, you know, I do it. <laughs> you know, give it, give it, you know, they'll, they'll fight you for it. Hey, you know, we need somebody to come on up here on the stage and, you know, we're going to eat, you know, disgusting things for a $10 iTunes gift card. I'm sorry, there's some of the things they've got them to do, I wouldn't do for $100. And they'll, they'll do it. I mean, whatever I got to do to get that. And the thing is, too, and, and I'm not saying that's all bad. You know, it's okay to let your teenagers have fun and go do stupid stuff. That's fine. But you know what? That's all many of them respond to anymore. And churches today, that's all they can do to get people in. You know, because lost people don't, they're not going to respond to the preaching, to the hymns, to the spiritual things. But they will to the things of the flesh. And that is all church is anymore in a lot of places, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And these places are full of spiritually dead. People, they've been programmed. We have been programmed to respond to certain things and programmed to ignore other things. You know, For example, it is not uncommon to go into a store, to go anywhere in public, and to hear people using profanity. People can be somewhere, and they can be using the worst profanity you can imagine Nobody cares. Nobody thinks anything of it. But if I went out in public and I used a homophobic slur, I mean, good night. They're going to be calling the news media. Pastor uses homophobic slur in public place. You know, pastor said queer from the pulpit. There, I said it. You know, I mean, oh, you know, that, that's a big deal. And people will. They'll get all offended. People sitting in church who won't bat an eye to someone using all this vile language, they will, if somebody uses a homophobic slur, a racial slur, they will go all to pieces. Now, why is that? Because people are programmed by television. And television, they use profanity all the time, don't they? But the only time they will use a racial slur or whatever is if they're making the person that's saying it look bad. And so people do. They've, we've been programmed... Respond to this. Don't respond to that through the television, through the media. You know, crimes against the environment. We all get offended. You know, people get offended by that. I remember when uh, we, when I was a kid, we did this all the time at Bible school. Uh, we would do a thing where we would, you know, put our name on a card and stuff, and then we would put it tied to a hot air balloon and release it, 
And if anybody sent that car back, whoever got theirs back from the farthest away got a prize. We used to do that all the time. And I remember I was older and I was running the Bible school there at Lighthouse. I was like, hey, we ought to do that again. Let's do that. And man, I, there were several people in the church that were like, should we be doing that? I'm like, why not? Well, I mean, you know, that's not, you know, you're not, people aren't really supposed to do that kind of stuff. I'm like, are you serious? Balloons, they're not going to hurt anything. And we did it anyway. But then, now I've seen news things people that have gotten in big trouble for doing that kind of stuff. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's stupid, all right? You ought to be able to release all the balloons you want to. You're not going to destroy the planet. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. It's fun. But you know what? I'm not going to do it anymore because I'm just not, I don't want to deal with all the stupidity of people because they have letting balloons go. Don't you know what those are made of? That's bad for the environment. They will get more offended by that type of thing you know, people today, they get offended like you wouldn't believe because of a gorilla that gets shot that was probably going to kill a little kid. They go all to pieces. Everybody throws a fit last year. I just saw it. has been like a year since Cecil the Lion got killed. Who cares? It's a lion. Alright? We're supposed to have dominion over the animals. And one of the ways we do that, we go out and we hunt them and we hang their head on our wall to show how manly we are. Look what I killed. I'm all for it. I was not offended one bit by that guy. I felt sorry for that guy. All the trouble he got into because he illegally shot a lion, I guess. It was illegal the way he did it. I'm sure it wasn't on purpose. You know, okay, fine him, but then leave him alone. It's, it's ridiculous, but people do. They go absolutely nuts. You know, we've been taught to respond harshly over bullying. Okay, they're fighting bullying. Oh, we can't have any bullying. But here's the thing. When I was younger, bullying... You know, that, if somebody was physically doing something to you, if somebody was physically doing something to you, physically threatening you, that was bullying. Now, bullying is just you expressing a contrary opinion to what they believe. What I'm doing right now, a lot of preaching is considered bullying today. And we can't have that bullying. I mean, all oh, evil, bad, bad, you know, no bullying. We, you know, we got to take a stand against bullying. And, have I? You know, I've never threatened to beat anybody up that didn't listen to my preaching, that didn't agree with me. And if I'm not threatening to beat you up if you don't listen. I'm not bullying you. Even if I tell you you're an idiot. Even if I tell you you're stupid, you're wrong, you're a moron, that's not bullying. Alright? But, boy, we respond hard to that stuff. You know, people... We respond to all these things, but yet we people completely ignore... Black words on white paper without pictures. Think about that. I mean, it used to be if there was an argument and somebody brought out the Scriptures, hey, look at what the Bible says, it settled the argument. That, it, that's it. We're done. But you can quote all the Scripture you want to people. You can show them and it does nothing. You know, you can't have an honest intellectual conversation with many people these days. Why? We've been taught... Not, oh, no, that's an old book. It's written by a bunch of men. You know, whatever happened to the pen's mightier than the sword. You know, words... Black words on white paper used to mean something. It used to have an impact. But, you know, now people are so dumbed down. It's not even funny. You know, it, it doesn't work. And so, you can go, you can give people Bibles in a church service. And for those who are spiritually living, for those who have something going on upstairs who haven't been completely dumbed down by society, they can get something from it. But you know what? Many people in churches, they get nothing from the Scriptures because they're spiritually dead. So what do they do to get the people coming back? Well, if we're going to get them to respond to anything, we're going to have, we've got to find some way to communicate. And people today cannot be communicated with unless they've got a screen. And we're seeing how the screens are taking over everything in churches today. I mean, one thing that's going on all over in churches today, and once again, I'm not saying this is bad, but I believe when you do this type of thing, you're basically saying the people in my church are completely brain dead and morons. And like announcements, they have to have them up on a screen. They've got to have all the fancy graphics. 
They got to have the elevator music playing. They got to have the people on there that take the Joel Osteen smiling classes come on up there to say all their things and to tell everybody what's going on. And you know, people used to just maybe put it in the bulletin, but unfortunately, there's no you know, in our bulletin we don't put pictures next to the announcements. It's just words, and people don't respond to words on paper. And if we don't do it like that, people aren't going to get it. Or the preacher you know, or somebody, they'd get up and say, hey, this is what we have going on. This is what's coming up. And if people needed to, you know, if they want, they could, they could write it down. They could make a note. Or they could keep the bulletin and see what's going on. But people are so dumbed down today, you just reading something to them, right over the head. So we've got to come up with all these fancy things because people, without a screen, without a cell phone, in their hand. They're done for. They're finished. They can no longer function. They can no longer think. And it has clearly dumbed people down like, you'll, like you wouldn't believe. You know, kids uh, in school, you know, they, I mean, pretty soon it's all going to have to go to video things. They're not going to be able to have a teacher in the front of a classroom saying words to them, writing on a chalkboard. No, we're going to have to break out all the fancy graphics and things, and you know, maybe get celebrities, record, you know, record celebrities on there. You know, get Superman on there. You know, you know, if I fly, you know, 500 miles an hour, you know, for this long, you know, how far, you know, that'll get their attention. You know, we got, but you know, whatever happened to just actually getting some intelligence, getting some brains, doing some work, doing some studying? People aren't doing it today. Just. Because you know what? That goes against the flesh. Hard work goes against our flesh many times. And people aren't willing to do it. There's just nothing in them motivating them. You know, some say they're using the things of the flesh so they can have an opportunity to reach them spiritually. Okay? And I'm going to show you that that doesn't work. Go look at Romans chapter 8. You know, we're going to have a rock concert and we're going to get a bunch of brain dead zombies in and then we're going to give them the gospel. Yeah, I'm gonna show you, that does not work. I don't now. I don't care. People and they'll they'll tell you their numbers. Well, we had you know 500 kids come out to our rock concert and you know 600 got saved. So now what do you have to say about that? You know, and I'm you know that nobody says quite that, but it's pretty much that. You know, what do you have to say about that? Well, look at Romans chapter eight verse six. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay? You cannot please God in the flesh. And what does the Bible say in Hebrews? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Okay? We are saved by grace through faith. So let me ask you, how is that going to work where we get... Use all fleshly things. We use fleshly music. I mean, flesh, all things of the flesh. And then we think we're going to get a spiritual message across to people. We think we're going to get people even more into the flesh. And then all of a sudden they're going to have faith. And they're going to please God. And they're going to call on the Lord for salvation. Nobody is getting saved in that situation. I don't care what they, I don't care what they say. I had somebody just the other day, I said something bad about Christian rock, and they said, I got saved at a Christian rock concert. And I said, no, you didn't. But she said, I got saved because of a Christian rock concert. I said, no, you didn't. (laughs) How can you say that? I'm sorry. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. I said, nobody gets saved because of Christian rock concerts. But I did. And I I wasn't necessarily saying, you are not saved. But anybody that gets saved is because of the work of the Holy Spirit and because of the preaching of the Gospel. And is it possible to preach the Gospel and the Holy Spirit to do work there? I don't think so. I really don't. But I'm going to tell you right now, I do know I've got Bible that says when you're in the flesh, you can't please God. And people using fleshly things are not going to bring people to a saving faith in Christ. And even if you did somehow... Come to saving faith in Christ at one of those places. It wasn't because of the rock music. That's of the flesh. It was because of the preaching of the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, I said, if you got if you got saved, it was because of the preaching of the gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit. It had nothing to do with the rock music. And 
I stand by that. And that's the case. Nobody got, has ever gotten saved because of a Christian rock concert. Nobody has ever gotten saved because the power team came and ripped a bunch of phone books and broke a bunch of baseball bats. And no, Nobody's ever gotten saved because of that. People get saved because of the preaching of the Gospel and the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's it. Nothing else. So, you know, here we are. Where, you know, how is this? Because it does. What we're seeing, it's always been around, but it's getting worse. It is. It's like a zombie virus being spread. What is it that causes this to spread? What is it that has brought this even into churches? And we'll see the first one. We've covered it some. We're not going to talk a lot about it. But there in Ephesians, they walk according to the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh. Physical lust, alright? When physical lust is one of the first things that will cause people to go that way, that will dumb them down, that will get them farther away from God. The things of the flesh always take you farther away from God. And we are seeing that promoted more and more today. As we see churches accepting more and more of the world's music, the world's methods, they are only going to get more fleshly. And as people get more in the flesh... They're going to get more like the devil. They're going to become less like Christ. There will be less people getting saved. There will be more professions. Okay, if when you have your fleshly things, you can stir up people's emotions. You can get them fired up, and you can come up and you can make them pray to Santa Claus, and then tell them they're saved, and you and they'll go and say I'm saved, and they'll get baptized, and they are as lost as they ever were. Now they're more lost because you've told them they're saved. When they're not, and we're and they're just going to go on, and they're going to keep going to church, and you know why isn't this doing anything for me? Why aren't the scriptures? Why don't the scriptures mean anything to me? Why don't the psalms and hymns and spiritual songs do anything? You know why? Because you never really got saved. You're lost. It was all physical lust, and you are still dead in your trespasses and sin. And we're seeing too when it comes to these physical lusts. Because even though we're saved today, we still struggle with the flesh, don't we? We struggle with the flesh. And as a preacher, you know, hey, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'd like to see the bigger crowds. I'd like to see more money. I'd like to see that stuff. And when you see everyone, it's like everyone else is doing that. Everyone's going that way. It's like they're all getting bitten. They're all getting turned. And you're just like, come on. You know, and... There's something there, there's something that's still there that says, you know, I want that too. But you know what? I've got something else inside of me too. It's called the Holy Spirit that says no. No, you push back against that. You fight against that. In fact, you try to destroy that. Go slay some zombies. Go preach the Gospel to them. Get them saved. Get them resurrected. You know, bring them, bring them to Christ. Fight against that type of thing. Shine a light on it. That's what I want to do. That's what the Holy Spirit stirs me up to do it. And we're seeing the physical loss. We're seeing the love of money. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. I believe it's spreading this virus through the churches. It says in verse 3, "...if any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strives of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. You want to know how many people determine who the best pastor is? Who's got the right methods? Who has the most gain? Look at how big their church is. Look at the car he drives. Look at how he dresses. No, we know better than that. Godliness does not necessarily mean gain. And the Bible says withdraw thyself from them. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. 
fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on to eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. We see today where people are saying, getting away from godliness. Hey, stop preaching about standards and stop preaching about those laws. We're under grace today. We don't have to do anything. We can do whatever we want. But the truth is, grace, it's what teaches us to deny all those things. Grace is what gives us the ability not to sin. It's what gives us the victory over sin. And people are saying it's something completely different. And the Bible says, fight against that. Fight against it. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth, makes alive all things. And before Christ Jesus, and before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. we got to hang on until He returns. Hey, this apocalypse that we're in right now, it's not getting any better. It's probably going to get worse. We're going to have to fight these people off. We're going to have to fight off these zombies until Jesus returns. And it says, "...which in time past He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man has seen nor can see, to whom he uh, be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good and they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. You all see what we're supposed to be fighting for is a complete opposite of what the world's going after. What can we do to get more money? What can we do to have bigger things so we can build builder buildings and put on a better show and a better performance? And let me tell you, some of these churches that are out there, they can put on some pretty impressive productions. They know how to put on a good show. They are they know how to be entertaining. They know how to use the things of the flesh. But that's what we're supposed to be fighting against, according to the Bible. And but the love of money, that stops people. And I'm just gonna tell you right now, I mean I'm not wasting my time in that stuff. You know, I understand you know you gotta have money to survive, but you know what? I would rather this place just fold up and close down than us to just go doing something that God did not call us to do. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we're just going to be another community fun center, I might as well just go fishing on Sundays. And I'm not, I'm not wasting my time with that. But physical lust, the love of money, the pride of life. Go to Jude. Go to the book of Jude. And look what it says in verse... Three. Oh, I'm in wrong book there. Jude, verse three. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Okay, earnestly contend. We're supposed to be fighting, okay? And the fight has been taken out of people today. Once again, people they just don't respond to anything. I just. I mean, you know, men especially, there is just no fight in them whatsoever. I don't know if it's something that's in the diet, but it is. It's just taken all the fight out of men. And then it goes on. It talks about those who crept in unawares, bringing in all these you know false doctrines. And then it goes on, and it's teaching how. Listen, God has always punished sin. He's always punished sin. It gives all these examples, and He's going to punish. For sin, again, Jesus Christ is going to return and He is going to judge the world. There is going to be blood that is going to flow that day. But the Bible teaches in here, and we don't have time to go through all the Scriptures on it, it said that these people, their problem is they went the way of Balaam. Okay, that's mentioned there. It's mentioned in Peter. Those who go the way of Balaam. What does that mean? Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness. What did it say? And if you go back and you read the story of Balaam, they they weren't just promising him money. Money, they were promising to promote him into great honor. We will, hey, we will give you this position, and we will make you an important person. And so Balaam, he was he was going to go along. He was going to do what they said, but God ended up stopping him from doing that. But that pride of life. 
Whatever I can do to move up the ranks, I'll do it. And what ends up happening? They become a slave to institutions, to public opinion. Once again, no will of their own. And you know, I, I'm, you know, in my own way, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a renegade, and I'm proud of it. You know, I don't let people, you know, I don't let people, other preachers, institutions, tell me what to do. I could care less about being popular in certain circles. I'm not afraid to tell people what I believe, even when I know they're not going to like it. I'm not afraid to ask the questions that are going to maybe, you know, make people uncomfortable and, uh, you know, get me in trouble. I, I don't mind doing it. If there's anything I can't stand is when a bunch of preachers get together and all they do is sit around and agree with each other. You know, it's like they've forgotten how to have an honest discussion and a friendly debate. And so sometimes, even if I agree, I just got to—I got to throw something in there. You know, this is ridiculous. I don't—I don't want to just sit around and be a yes man for somebody, except for God. And I'm going to tell you right now, I—I could care less about that stuff. Why? Because there's something inside of me. I think it's just part of being a man. That I haven't. I haven't drank the Kool-Aid yet. I didn't get the right vaccination or I haven't inhaled the... They haven't sprayed over my house or something. I'm not drinking the water. Whatever it is that's causing it, I haven't taken it yet and I still have something inside me that says, you know what? I'm a man you know, and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to fight against things. I could, I'm not going the way of Balaam. I'm, I could care less about the promotion. Who cares? But we're seeing that that works for many people. And then finally, look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I believe right here, and I don't want to, I don't want to act carnal right now, okay, but you know, I've already gotten a little carnal with this type of subject. But honestly, I don't know how else to explain it. But you know, if you ever, don't raise your hand, but maybe you've been there before where you're watching the movie and you know, and it's looking like the end of the world, it's looking like they have no hope, you know, they're surrounded by zombies, whatever, and it's like, you know what, man, if I was in that position, I think I'd just be like, just go ahead. And finish me off, you know, bite me and let me be one of the crowds. So I'm not, I don't have to be in fear anymore. And I think that's where a lot of people at are at today. We are surrounded by this world. It does feel that we're losing ground, that the zombies have taken over, that there's no way out. And sometimes it's like, you know what? You just get scared and you want to give up. You want to just try to hang on to whatever life you have. But we talked about this verse this morning. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for My sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Many times people, they just get scared and they're trying to hang on whatever it is they have. You know what? We need to be willing to lay down our life. We need to be willing to give it all up. We need to be willing to just let whatever happen, but we're going to go down fighting. We're going to go down swinging. That should be our attitude. And so, if we're going to survive this just super fast, the way you survive this zombie apocalypse, you have to be saved. Okay, You have to be saved Romans chapter 11, verse 15 says, For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? And this is a reference to you know Israel rejected Christ, but hey, if they will call on the Lord for salvation, He will save them. And when somebody gets saved, what is that? That is life from the dead. And if, some, if you will be born again, you can have that spiritual life. You can begin to unspiritual understand spiritual things. You will now see things clearly and you can still get victory over this flesh, but you have to be born again. And I'm afraid today that our churches are full of lost people. I believe they are being pastored by lost people. No spiritual life in them whatsoever. They know all the rules. They're like Nicodemus who was very religious, was a good person physically. He was a natural born Jew, but he needed to be born again. And we've got natural-born Baptists 
that have grown up in Baptist churches. They know all the lingo and everything, but they're not born again and they're being taken over by the world. By the zombies that are out there. So you've got to make sure you're saved. That's what gets life, gives life from the dead. You need to get in the book like never before. Psalm 119. Turn over there real quick. Psalm 119 and verse 49. It says, Remember the, the, uh, the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction, for the word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision. Yet have I not declined from thy law. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. You all see that? He's talking about the horror that he's in. He's talking about the night. He's talking about the wicked that are surrounding him. But God's Word, it quickened him. It gave him life. It was what gave him the ability to... Fight back. Verse 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to Thine ordinances for all Thy servants. Unless Thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget Thy precepts. For with them Thou hast quickened me. You all see, when you're saved... We've got something inside of us that's driving us. We have the Holy Spirit. When you get in the Word of God, it gives us life. It motivates us. It drives us. It gives us the ability to push back against the things of this world. It gives us the ability to fight so we don't have to be these willless, you know, walking zombies just going along with what everybody's doing. I mean, it breaks my heart. I mean, if the right preacher comes along and just says, all right, preachers, you don't need to preach in suits anymore. Just wear a ballerina suit. There's a lot of preachers that would do it. They have no will of their own. They are controlled by these people. And if enough people did it, they would do it. They would get up and they would preach in a pink tutu. I'm not, you might say that's crazy. No, it's not. I'm seeing preachers preaching in skinny jeans today. Okay? And I'm, so, just give it a few years. All right? Just give it a few years. It's coming. It's coming. And then finally, just never give up. Okay? When you're surrounded, okay, and it, it's ugly. Tonight, when we go to watch the fireworks and we're seeing all the freak shows and the literal zombies that are out just walking around, beer in their hand, cussing, drooling, you know, people all over each other just acting like animals, it's going to get real easy to be like, what can we do? You know? We are so outnumbered when we're being looked at like the crazy people. I know how this goes. We've done it for years. I know how it goes. You know what? You just you don't give up. You will escape if you're saved. You will escape. It's a guarantee. Look at we don't have time to read all of Second Peter chapter two, verse one. But I encourage you to read Second Peter chapter two. But let's go to First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter ten. And verse 6. Some great verses of encouragement in 1 Peter chapter 2. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 says, But brother goeth... Uh, that's not what I wanted. Maybe it's 2 Corinthians. Oh no, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. That's my problem. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Now these things were our example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Talking about the children of Israel. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for our ensamples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted 
above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Y'all see that? Whatever comes, no matter how many people get turned, okay? No matter how many people get turned and go dark side, go like the zombie, whatever, listen, if we will just not give up, God will make a way of escape. It's in Second Peter where it's given all these examples where judgment came, but it talks about how God delivered the righteous. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the righteous. God knows how to make a way of escape for us. We do not have to be like the world. We don't have to be like all the churches going liberal. We don't have to do that. We can survive this thing, but you got to be saved. You have to be in the book, and you're going to have to fight, and you just can't give up. You'll get tired, but you just keep going. You might get scared, but you just keep fighting, and there will be an exit for you somewhere. And the exit for us, it might end up being the trumpet sounding and Jesus calling out of this world. But you know what? I'm telling you right now, I want to go down fighting. There's something in me. I've I've still got some fight in me. And I want to keep it. I don't want to lose it. The world is becoming a scary place. And if you're saved, you're protected. The devil only has the power to make you think you can't survive. And when Satan comes after you, just do like Michael the archangel did. The Lord rebuke thee. Quote Scripture at the devil and just keep doing the right thing, literally, even if it kills you. I'd rather be dead than turn into a zombie. I'd rather be dead than walking around looking for brains to eat. And you know what? I'd rather be dead than acting like this world. Lord, just take me out. Let me die fighting the good fight before letting me turn into what's out there. And I mean that. I really do. And so, yeah, it's ugly out there, folks. The world's a dark, scary place. It's spreading like you wouldn't believe. But you know what? If you're saved today, you've got life in you. Keep on fighting and don't give up. And so with that, let's all stand together.